Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to episode 122 of this Unomics podcast. Shout out to those who listened to the previous week's episodes. Make sure you check them out on all platforms that are Spotify, What's up, one? SoundCloud and Apple Music. Not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. I'm joined by a very special guest. His name is Mr. JJ Bola. What's good? What's good? So you have something very important that is out in the atmosphere right now. Yeah. And it is your book. Yeah. So, in fact, no, let's start. Let's, what, who is JJ Bola, first things first? Um, well, I guess I would describe myself as a writer, a poet. Um, yeah, I've been doing that for a little while. Gotten into... Uh, wrote fiction. I wrote poetry. Wrote fiction. Now, first non-fiction book is out called Mask Off, which is a book about masculinity. So, so for YouTube people, I want to put the link to purchase it in the SoundCloud and in the YouTube. So, yeah. if you look, like what you hear, which you better, you go, <laughs> you go grab the book. But yeah, continue. But yeah, um, so yeah, it's just a book that looks at like masculinity across different cultures across different time spans. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because oftentimes, like, we just get given one kind of example of how to be a man. Mm. And we think that's it. And there's nothing outside of that. Or whatever you do outside of that doesn't fit into it. Um, And there's there's all this conversation about, you know, men are trash, toxic masculinity, this, that, the third. Mm. And it's just a way for, especially young people, young boys and men in particular, to kind of understand their experience. Especially if, their experience kind of falls outside of normal expectations, you know? Uh, just kind of letting people know that there's different ways like that. Not everything has to be, like, rigid in the way that it's taught to be. Yeah, um, it's quite interesting because we've seen that, like, femininity has become a lot more disfragmented where you being a woman can mean so many different things. Mm. And it seems to me, like, with masculinity... We yeah, have, yeah. We're a long, 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 long way behind that. Yeah. So why do you think that is? You know what? I think it's just about the nature of the structure of society that mm. imposes us or that informs us of like who we are, right? Mm. So it's like for womanhood, there's different examples in that, but it's still within a kind of like construct. It's mm. still within norms and expectations, yes. although it's a lot more varied than masculinity. But masculinity is very rigid in the way that it's perceived, right? And I think that's just a way for like 
to, to force men to be more dominant than they think they are. Yeah. You do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't really think it's in every man's DNA to be naturally dominant or naturally imposing. I always say, I always like to use kind of like mathematics. Like, if you take 10 men, maybe two, max three are like naturally right. assertive dominant. Right. Two or three are probably super duper timid. And then everybody else is in the middle and it exactly. just depends on what society, what scenario they are, they kind of play up to which exactly. they think to be. Yeah. 100%. It just doesn't make sense for, like in your example, for a room of 10 men, for all 10 men to be dominant. Yeah. <laughs> like, that just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it make just sense. doesn't make sense. Average but, no. every, but in that situation, more likely than not, if not all 10 men are dominant, all 10 men will perform some kind of dominance, dominance yeah. you know? So if we take those 10 men and we put them in a club scenario, for mm. instance, right? You got every man performing dominance, mm. whether it's buying drinks, mm. flashing whatever material, this, that, mm. and third, whether it's uh, the cars you drive or, you know, it, it might be what you post on social media mm. or whatever performative expectations or representations mm. that you throw out there. And I think it's just about like us deconstructing that really. And kind of like giving different examples because, you know, one thing I've realized recently is we're not really the younger generation anymore. Mm. You know, like I've been on social media for the past, like let's say like 10 years. Yes. Yeah, so you know, and a lot's changed in 10 years. So like, much. Man, so you know much. What I mean? Yeah. Like, like what you used to be able to tweet 10 years ago, is <clears> now it's like, it's different. Yeah. And who followed you 10 years ago it's different to who follows you now. Like 10 100. years ago, it was just like friends, this, that, whatever, kind of small group. Mm-mm. Now, like it's big, big, I realize I'm being followed by big, big CEOs of certain companies and mm. stuff. Like mm. people who know you, know of your name before you even step into the room. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, but what about the next 10 years? Mm. What are we going to be putting out there? What are we going to be educating maybe like the young people or even the children that we raise? You yeah. Know? So it's about putting the kind of energy that you, that you want to see in the world mm. out there. Okay, cool. So I wanted to ask you, first thing, um, your thoughts on toxic masculinity. Like, I've spoken to some people who think, like, it's a myth. Some people think, mm. some people are like, oh, what about toxic femininity? What's your thoughts on toxic masculinity? So it's like this, right? So overall, it's like patriarchy is the, is, is the system or the structure that informs us of masculinity and femininity in a general sense, yeah? Mm. And toxic masculinity is just when masculinity doubles down into that system of patriarchy in a way that it imposes itself on other people, right? Mm. So let's say, for instance, generally being a protective person is considered a good thing, yeah. right? Man or woman. Yeah. You know, you you see examples of like mothers who are the most protective over their children. Yeah. Right? No one will say that that's toxic, right? Yeah. Or if you see a father who's protective over the children, no one will say that's toxic. But actually what happens is if you double down on that and then you essentially abuse what is considered what would usually be a good trait, mm. then that's when it becomes toxic. Yes. Like it might be, it might be, you know, good for someone to be perhaps like intimate or affectionate and so forth. But then when you double down on that and think that you have to do that with multiple women mm. and, uh, and deceive and this and that mm. and whatever that's when it becomes toxic. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's really like the toxicity is about how it relates to other people, mm. namely women, largely mm. like, and also what kind of like abuse of power it plays like in that situation. Yeah. And I think that's what we really have to look at is not just whether it's acting in a certain way, but actually how are you abusing a particular power that comes with like a male privilege? Mm. Okay. Okay. Male, male privilege, another thing. 
So what is your thoughts on um, male privilege? I'm somebody I like. So people that know I'm not, uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm more of a, what do I call? more of a mathematical thing. I like evidence. So when it comes mm-hmm. to these more social topics, I kind of, I do struggle with a lot of people's explanations and to be fair, I'll call it, the yeah, explanations yeah. were really bad until somebody put it to me so simply mm. and it was literally, um, male privilege is simply when your gender isn't an added issue yeah. in comparison to women. Yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So what are you, um, so f- from your perspective, what are examples of male privilege do you believe that still reign supreme in a society today and maybe even some that you've noticed that you've benefited from compared to your female counterparts? Like, we could go deep, but we could just keep it lighthearted, right? Mm-hmm. So someone tweeted, I can't remember, there was a thread on on on, on uh, Twitter uh, not that long ago, and it said, to women, what would you do if men didn't exist in the world, right? Yeah. And I saw that question, I thought, right, like, you know, what I thought... Like, maybe run out and hold a bunch of madness, or whatever. The common, most common answers were go for go for a walk late at night. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, go for a jog on my own, mm. like, in, in a dark place. Go go hiking in the woods, mm. you know. And I thought, that's the, that's stuff that I do calmly, really thinking, thinking about yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll go for a jog at night and not really... Like, I live, like, close to a canal. And I'll, I'll, I'll jog along the canal. And it's only recently... Like that, I realized, raw. Like I'm along a canal. It's mad dark. I can't see nothing, but yeah. I'm not scared. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I think I've, I realized, and I've never seen a woman jogging like along the canal. Mm. And it's little things like that. And that's like a small example. But also, like if you look at a larger example, it's just about what kind of access that you have to resources and power as well. Now, this is where like stuff like intersectionality comes with it, because male privilege isn't just absolute. There's a different type of privilege. If you're a middle class white man versus a working class black boy like you're both male but you're yeah you, you're you different male privilege yeah. like it's different yeah. you know what I mean so I think it's just about understanding and you know what in my opinion every every guy knows like when we're in a room when we're in a room by ourselves we know we what we benefit from we mm. know like every guy knows but it's like we don't want to give up what little bit that we get do I think it okay I can't speak for for me when I heard those arguments I thought sometimes it just strains too far to the extreme so mm. it's like um, yo, you have so much privilege over us. Da, 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 da. Everything like I've had people say, like, what are the issues men face? Literally, that yeah, nobody can yeah, say that yeah. now because yeah, 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 now yeah. more and more men are starting to right, talk about what's right. going on. Yeah. But like when this first wave of like social consciousness first came, yeah, yeah, people yeah. Were like, what do you not even face? And that's yeah. just silly. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I've got these rants coming out on YouTube. I want to put out, and I said like, if you are, if you're in the UK, mm. there's going to be certain privileges that me as a man gonna have over you. Mm-hmm. But you as a standard, even if you're a working class woman in the UK, mm. you're going to be more privileged than probably, say, 5% of the male population worldwide, mm-hmm. simply because of jurisdiction yeah. and economic resources. Yeah. So it's it's dicey. I understand, but I do understand what you're saying because I yeah. thought, and also I think is when we discuss things that relate to our gender, and I always call it, we always have gender wars yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because somebody's referring to your gender, people take it as an attack on yeah. themselves. Yeah. And sometimes it's just not an attack on yourself. And like, also it's like, a lot of people come into that conversation from their own experience mm. rather than look at it in terms of like, yeah, holistically, in terms of like a structure. Mm. What's the general global population's experience, right? So it, it might be, for instance, people might come to the, you know, men are trash thing from 
like a relationship experience or being cheated on or whatever, X, Y, Z. But actually, if you look at it on a general structure point of view, it's like there's a completely different nuance to that yeah. conversation. Yeah. And oftentimes it's kind of like why it's really difficult to have those conversations online is because it's like jabs, you know, it's like mm. jabs, jabs, jabs. No one's really trying to have a conversation. Conversation is dialogue. It, it, it's correspondence, isn't it? You yeah. need to listen to be able to mm. feed back. But people are venting all the time. Mm. And what's interesting is how I came into the conversation was li- was reading actually like a lot of feminist literature like Bell Hooks. Mm. And Bell Hooks was one of the kind of like premium academics who would say that, who, would, who was an advocate for male issues. So for me, learning about like, Male issues, so we're talking about how men commit higher rates, or men die by suicide at higher rates, mm. how men die by violent crimes uh, at higher, higher rates, rate, yeah. are more likely to mm. be a victim of violent mm. crime at higher rates, right? 90% of men, or up to 9% of men, are the ones who make up the homeless population, mm. right? So it's like, we have to look and think, okay, what is this thing called male privilege and what is it in relation to? Mm. Because it's not just absolute, it's not just like, oh, men have it easy and women have it hard. That's the end. Mm. Like what my thing is, it's like, actually as men, we got to look at the structure and the entire system and think, yo, like it, it actually doesn't benefit the majority of humans, of, of humans that's, generally. That's, Do you know what I mean? That's like, also my argument. So like, obviously a lot of this thing comes from people who are passionate and sometimes it, like, I'm quite cheap. The intelligence doesn't match the passion. So they say really wild yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, yeah. oh, you men create I mean, this. You don't I'm even like, need to name names. I think yeah, yeah, like, I'm like, I'm like sis, same, like. patriarchy was created about 4,000 years ago, fam. Like, I didn't sign up for that, innit? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And the vast majority of us, whether you're male or female, you're under a system that isn't, doesn't have your best interest. Yeah, a, absolutely. The, if you're a, well, I like to say, you're, if you're part of the elite high distribution male, this system is perfect for you. It oppresses everybody. It leaves you with the access and the dominance of resources and it would leave you stay on top. Yeah. But for everybody else, it's not the greatest. So mm. issue we said, I think how I learned was from women I know who are also feminists. Mm. So they communicate to me on a different type of level. Like, yeah, they give me, and that, yeah. of, of course, there's also the trust there. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've seen how this person moves. I know this yeah. person's bright. Yeah, yeah, the phone. yeah. And to be fair, I can't, like, I've actually learned bare stuff from Twitter. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Yeah. Like, a lot of, one of the things I learned from Twitter was the importance of hair when it, in relation to black women. So when okay. people first, like, I think one of the first comments was like, maybe one of the Kardashians had braids and people go, man, I was thinking, it's just a hairstyle. So what's wrong with you lot? Like it's literally just hair. Yeah, but obviously yeah, to yeah. me, it's just hair. Like yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. skin fade, boom, done. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. then when I start, the more and more I start to read and then I'm cross-referencing what I read and what I see in society yeah. and I'm seeing at work or the way women, um, white women touch black women's hair and yeah. they, even different rules. Like if I want, to, even my younger brother, one time he goes, oh, they said my haircut was too low. I was like, too low, yeah. people are having spikes in your school. Yeah. Like, that's actually a safety. Yeah, yeah. Then I said, Do you know what? It's yeah. not cap. Like, I'm starting to learn. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's true. But sometimes eventing can work. Mm. But again, I always say if you have a message, like, if, if you're fighting for an issue, yeah. do you want your people to receive what you're saying or not? Yeah, that's the or, thing. Or do you just want to vent your anger? Yeah, like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's a thin line, especially online. Yeah. Like, People, a lot of people might be bitter. A lot of people might be angry. I think I'm quite like, so for me, when it comes to those kind of debates, obviously I'm coming here from like a point where I'm a writer and stuff. So I kind of understand certain things in terms of being able to listen, Mm. to communicate. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, but for a lot of people, they're not coming from it from that point. They're coming from it for a point of like as an outlet, yeah. you know, for certain experience and looking for other people who's had that similar experience <laughs> and just trying to vent. And that's not necessarily right or wrong because if you if you're trying to vent, then fine. Like everyone's yeah, that's got fine. frustrations. I think that's it? fine. Like, yeah, but it's not just it, it's not me who's got to like be bearing the brunt of that. Mm. And I think it's just about okay, who like if I'm actually trying to learn and actually trying to figure this thing out as a decent human being. Like, who can I properly listen to? Mm. And where can I actually go so that, like, I can make the right decisions next time? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And if I'm in a place where, I don't know, one of my boys might say something or I might think something. Because as much as I write about this, I tell people all the time, like, as much as I write about this and whatever, like, I'm not perfect. There's still stuff that I'm unlearning thinking, rah, mm. like, you're Word. kind of moving mad about hit this or that yeah. or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's a it's an ongoing process. But if we're going to have children, if we're going to, you know, we're not going to be like young forever. Yeah, That's the but, thing. Yeah. You know? Unfortunately not. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Yeah, like, yeah. The bad knees on the back back is already Trust kicking me. in. So boy, mm. what about for the next 10, 20, 30 years? Like, are we still going to be talking like, you know, the, all, all this whatever beef on, on Twitter? Like, are we still going to be standing for each other? Are we still going to be subtweeting? I don't understand the subtweets, especially when it's... What I don't understand is, like, especially these debates are actually social, intellectual debates. Mm. And we pretty... I would like to believe most of us want the right thing. So a better society, better with men, better with... You, you'd, you'd think, right? So <laughs> I don't understand why it's so peak, like... Like, I could disagree with somebody and I have these debates, strong debates with some of my boys every day. Yeah. Even, but at the end of the day, like, okay, cool, we disagree in this, but... It's not that deep where we want. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. what this is what I don't understand. But I wanted yeah. to come back to masculinity. So mm. you mentioned about masculinity in different cultures. Mm -hmm. So obviously we're both we're both black. So how would you describe? First of all, I want to know how you take it. Are you talking with regards to you say black or are you saying African, Caribbean, British? Yeah. Like how how do you look at it? Well, I'm kind of looking at it from I'm Congolese, so yeah. I'm looking at it like at the beginning from my own Congolese culture mm -hmm. and then outwards to the different examples around the world, right? Okay, like, so like, you know, Congolese men are known for the way they dress, eccentric colours, all yeah. this stuff, <laughs> stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And everyone laughs at the crocodile shoes, whatever, mm. bleaching, all mm. of these jokes and stuff, yeah? And like one thing that was normal in our community growing up was men holding hands. Like that was, that was normal. Swear down. Normal, normal. Like even back home, like people do that. That's normal, right? Yeah, here down the, the streets street. are done. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so mad how culture's different. Yeah, go on. So imagine growing up, yeah, massive Congolese community in Tottenham. Like we spend a lot of time there. Growing up, walking with your uncles down Tottenham High Road, like hand in hand, because it was disrespectful. If you didn't hold your ha uncle's hand, mm. like it's like this kids being disrespectful. Right? Yeah, of course. So your name will go in the community, but like. Obviously, yeah, there's other, uh, on the flip side, you're in ends. Mm -hmm. You're holding hands. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, That's kind of peak. Like. Yeah. So it was those two kind of things. And that made me kind of really question what it means to be, you know, man, masculine, whatever, and all of that. And looking at different examples, there's a, examples, if we're going to look at Africa or generally like the Caribbean, there's examples of certain cultures where men wear makeup and dresses and stuff and perform for women and women choose the men that they want to marry. The women inherit the land and the property and all this. Everything's oh, done sweet. in the women's name. Because even like historically, if you look at it, right, the only way to know who, like you can only really know 100% who the mother of a child is. Yeah, facts. Like 100%. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was the only way really in matrilineal societies to trace 
like lineage to yeah. know where someone came from. Mm. Now, now it's kind of seen as like, okay, you know, the it, it the line is patrilineal, you know, patriarchy, the father determines, you know, that's takes true, the names you know. and stuff. But that's only a recent thing. Like historically, more often than not, it's been like the women who's decided. Yeah, because biologically it makes it, rational sense. Yeah. So like those little things. Mm. And you know, there's certain societies around the world as a society I write about in China that's, you know, lives independently, it's women-led, it's matrilineal, all of that. And it's just getting on with stuff. We don't know about it so mm. much because we're dominated by by what's going on in the West. Yes, you know? of course, yeah. So it's just about us understanding different examples. And one thing I always say is like, who would you be if you weren't born into the identity that you're born into, mm. right? So I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm black, I'm straight, I'm a man, right? African, those are generally like working class. Those are generally the identities that I kind of like interrogate myself with, right? But I didn't choose to be born into any of these things, right? So what about if I was born into that society in China mm. that I was talking about? Then I would see women dominated as normal. Yeah, right? well, Then would I still think that men are the dominant leaders? No. Probably no, wouldn't. Yeah, it's unlikely. You know, so we're just informed by a particular experience that's very narrow, you know? And, and there's 7 billion people on this planet. 7 billion people on this planet. Are you telling me there's one, like, one thing fits all? It doesn't make sense. Men? It doesn't make sense, like. I watched, I saw a video, it was from a breakfast club, and a lot of my stuff come from breakfast clubs. It's some yeah. young lady, I can't remember who she, but she's basically saying that a man should lead the house, this, that, and a third, like, you should lead. And I was like, this doesn't even make sense because also on a simple, rational basis, mm. leadership is all about, to me, it's all about competency. Yeah. And that would imply that a man is always going to be more competent to lead. And that's even if you want to go for the structure in your household where there's a leader and it's not. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, but if you want to go for that structure, I think it's just be a partnership you decide things together but whatever. I mean, yeah. Like, that would imply that the man is always going to be the better money manager, the one who's the most rational, the one who sees things holistically, mm. best decision maker. That's highly unlikely that there's always going to be a guy. It's just always, but it's just an evidence of the Western society and yeah. how we view things. And I thought, and the fact I was coming from a woman, I thought, this is kind of mad, you know? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of women also have what's known as internalized patriarchy. So essentially all the ideals of patriarchy that you would typically hear from, from, from a man, like women internalize that and then also project that. Mm. So, you know, there's women who think that men should be the leaders, men should be uh, head of the household, you know, men should be the main breadwinner and always earn more. All of this, men should pay for everything, whatever, whatever. There's women who think that if a man takes you out on a date and pays for everything, that you've got to give it up. Like, that's, that's scary. Hours. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and so, or on the flip side as well, there's, there's, there, there might, there's, there's women who think that, and this is an interesting one, right? And especially as you get older, there's women who think that men always want sex. So as a man, if you reject sex, then you're not attracted to them. Yeah, or something's wrong. Or yeah. something's wrong or yeah. this or that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that causes loads of complications, but that's the flip side that no one really talks about. Yeah, we don't really get into you know? that, yeah. And I think like there's a lo there's loads of these projections. I remember there was another uh, social media thread. It was like, what would you do if uh, a guy basically rejected your sexual advances. Yeah, I think I've seen so many of those friends and the responses are staggering. Mad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so a lot of that is just the internalized patriarchy of what people perceive to be masculine and feminine, mm. you know, and what's normal and what isn't normal. But it really isn't. Like mm. we're, I think we're all too, we're too grown for this, man. Let's just stop wasting time, you know, really and truly, because 
I don't know, like, it's getting, and you're looking at, like, I work a lot with young people, yeah? And the thing, I always say, like, what they're exposed to now is a hundred times worse what we were exposed to. Like, back in the day, you know, if you was, if you was a young person, let's say he's a teenager, preteen, like, I remember, like, the Littlewoods, Littlewoods catalogue with, you know, the women in, 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 in their bra and panties or whatever, mm. and that would be like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, you, mm. that was something, like, wow to see, mm. you know? Now little 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 11-year-olds are accessing porn on their WhatsApp. Like, yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. Like, imagine 11 years old being the, the average age that a child first watches pornography. That's scary. And then you've got kids as well, and these are kids that I've worked with previously who are having sex, right? And I'm saying kids who are 13, this is a particular case, who are 13 having anal sex because they didn't want to lose their virginity, but they was just trying what they saw in the videos. That's mad. Like, this stuff is more normal than not. Mm. So unless we address it, unless we really try and educate, like, young people, we're just going to end up, like, different versions of our parents, right? Mm. Thinking that our children are having a certain set of experiences that fit into our lifestyle, but really they're hiding it from us and living our whole, whole next life. Because like, yeah. we did that growing up. Do you know Facts. what I mean? Like, so it's just going to be the same thing repeating itself. You know? You know? Yeah, that's, that is actually scary. Like. Um, one thing, um, so when I talk about, I've had a couple podcasts on like the gang culture and knife crime in London. Yeah. And I talk about the causes. And mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, like, I think these causes are multifaceted, multilayered. Mm-hmm. People yeah. just think it's, oh, I like a few clubs. Okay. If you yeah. if you put gazillion youth clubs, they're still going to be it's yeah, poverty. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. one of the things I I mentioned is masculinity and how mm-hmm. it is within mm-hmm. our culture in mm-hmm. London. Mm-hmm. So what is your thoughts on the role masculinity play in what we see for some of the young men? I think in... it plays a massive part, right? Mm-hmm. And especially as young black men, I always say like when you encounter another young black man, no matter where you're from, right? There's that three second gap, mm-hmm. yeah, where you've got to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Now that decision. Can I can influence everything, mm. right? It can either be mad love or on site. Yeah. You know, so you say you're walking down the street and whatever ends, and you look at you, you see a brother, you look at each other, it could be like safe, bro. And then they say, ah, oh, safe. Yeah. You might even go all the way, like, you know, do the whole hand yeah, thing, yeah. whatever, whatever you keep it moving. You, next place, you look at each other, and then it's like, what? We're we looking at yeah. looking at that. And then all of a sudden, what are you end for? Boom, turns into something else. Do you know what I mean? And I think a lot of that is tied into performative masculinity. No one wants to be seen as the weaker one. Mm. You know, no one wants to be vulnerable, etc. And I understand it because I grew up in it. Yeah, know? yeah. I wouldn't like, say, like, go out there and be the vulnerable one and whatever. Yeah, whatever, no, I don't want to be food. Because, yeah, mm. at the end of the day, it's not safe, you know. Mm. But at the same time, you've got to look at how you carry yourself in certain situations. And it's funny because, you know, coming into this country... Like not being able to speak English and being in, in these situations. My dad raised us basically saying, like, there's nothing wrong with living to tell the story. Mm. Like, if something happens, like you my dad just made sure we were all fast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> run. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with running. Mm. Run and run fast. Like mm. that's okay. Mm. You know, like there's there's no honor. Like if you die on the streets. No one comes with a plaque or a medal or something for your mum or your, or your family. Like, that's just, there's just pain, you know? Yeah. So there's no honour in that. And that's, I think that's the, 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 the reality that a lot of young people don't see. See that message? I, I don't think that's a, a message that's probably preached enough mm. because a lot of, especially not even just from maybe our parents, even if our parents told us that, yeah. our peers, 
at what we see on TV, right. what we listen to, or what we see in front of us is the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If boy X does this or says this, you have to react in this way. Exactly. Otherwise, your respect level has been diminished. Exactly. And then, exactly. And then, then that person is, and then that young man is looking at, okay, cool. I've seen what happened when, when my man allowed it. Mm-hmm. And this is how he's been treated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not just from his peers, but also maybe from women as well. Yep. So yep. It, it's, it's a really scary thing. So, And I think it's quite important to address masculinity. Like, and I think one important, um, it's not, it's not so mad, mad random, but, and it's always coming from America, that really crazy ass place. When <laughs> people were like saying like, Future is super masculine, and yeah. I'm, I'm a mass, I'm a massive Future fan, yeah, music wise. Yeah, yeah. But Russell Wilson isn't, right? And I was like, Yo, what are you talking? Like, first of all, do you know the game, the listen, sport that Russell Wilson plays? Listen, it's nuts, you know. It's crazy. Russell Wilson probably for, like has like three percent body fat. Firstly, like yeah. he is a supreme athlete. Yeah, right. Like, but it's the it's the behaviors that they associate with masculinity. With masculinity, yeah. do you know what I mean? So with Future, who even if you look at, let's look at like his athletic ability. Future's not really athletic. Mm. You know all those memes of Jay Z like doing doing, <laughs> doing sports yeah. and you can't really do sports. Future's pretty much the same mm. thing, right? He's not a really athletic looking. He's not really muscly or whatever, mm. anything like that. But the bravado, the chauvinism, the materialism, etc., ticks off the markers of masculinity. Uh, Russell Wilson, on the other hand, is probably just as rich, maybe. Richer, no, richer, richer, way richer, richer, right? Way, way richer. richer. Is that Sign a hundred fake million dollar contract. Like. I mean, <laughs> damn, like, yeah. you know. But he doesn't perform all those markers, mm. right? He's got, he's married, takes care. Not only is he married and takes care of his, of his family and children, he's adopted another man's child. Mm. Like that's supposed to take you down on the levels of like but masculinity. That doesn't make sense. Though. It doesn't make sense. Like, do you know what I mean? And this is the thing generally with masculinity is how is the thing that make you more a more caring human being seen as negative. Yeah. You know, so if you marry someone, you take care of them, you take care of the family, you take care of someone else's child, like, nah, that's, that's not masculine. It, it, that's, that's dope. Like, more, more men are supposed to do that. Like, Russell Wilson plays a very violent sport and he's a leader of 53 yeah. big human Man. beings. Like, <laughs> and he, when he speaks, they listen. Yeah. So if that's not masculine, then nobody's masculine exactly. to me. But, and see me, that was, that is an issue where that to me shows in certain parts of I don't like saying our community because it's, it's still social media, but I do believe it probably projects outwards that our take on what what is masculine is mm. distorted. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing: it's like a lot of it is pushed by the mainstream media, facts, right? And you got to look at who now controls mainstream media. So it's really interesting. There was a, a post as well, a lot of social media references, but there was a post uh, of the Isley Brothers. Someone put mm. up the Isley Brothers, right? All five of them in there, in these flare shirts, chest open, like flare trousers, tight, mad tight. And someone was like, yo, look at the, how these guys suggest in the 70s, like mad fruity and whatever. But people don't know, like, Isley Brothers were road. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But these might used to be road, but sing soul music and yeah. talk about love and all of mm. this. But now it's kind of like we've lost that ability to empathize and to be emotional and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just about the road stuff and it's, and it's about the image that comes with it. But it's like, where are these images coming from? Why is one normal and not the other? Mm. You know, what happened? And this is why when I talk about Mask Off, because essentially mm. Mask Off is a reference to future. Because mm. I was listening to that song, listening to, you know, all the references, the drugs, the sex, this, that. But the flute rhythm, right? For me, I was like, yo, where does that flute come mm. from? And then I researched it 
And actually, it came from a civil rights song mm. written by Tommy Butler, which he's talking about prison, police brutality. He's talking about wanting to go home to his wife. Mm. And I'm like, yo, that's the kind of difference that's changed the way we perceive ourselves, mm. especially in the black community. Mm. You know, my reference point is always like the black community because that's what's informed my experience. Yeah, and then black community first and then outwards, mm. right? So it's, it's relative to wherever you are in the world. But I think we've really got to look at ourselves and think, okay, why do we have such a narrow view of the way we see ourselves, right? And and how can we start to move beyond that? It's cultural. And I like to say a lot of culture, in, culture is so important because it impacts everything. So if you could change a culture of somewhere like in a basketball team, you mm-hmm. create a winning culture in a basketball yeah. team, they will start doing, doing better. Yeah. If they've got a terrible culture, That's same it. players, they'll be worse. So I feel like the, inf- the fact that as much as I love hip hop, yeah, I love it to death. Mm. Like... The nature of the nature of the music. Yeah. And some some of some of my guys have started to stop listening to it. And I stopped for a bit, then I got sucked back in because that's just how I am. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean yeah. I'm knee deep in the streets. Nah, yeah. nah listen, yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, knee deep in the streets, man. <laughs> I, I, I can't help it, yeah. I do feel guilty sometimes, but yeah, 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 yeah. But the fact that our most and it's become the most popular music genre in America, mm. our most prevalent genre, and if you listen to the vast majority of what is out there in terms of the content especially the commercial content, it is very, very negative and damaging very, stuff. Very. So it's a lot of narcotics, violence, mm-hmm. degrading of women, degrading of each other. Mm-hmm. And that sets the culture because even sport-wise, sport and music is quite interlinked. Fashion and music, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. All in, they're, now. they're all in, they're all interlinked. You see what I'm saying? So nobody could tell me that's going to have, that's not going to have a negative impact on yeah, the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like these things definitely have an impact. Obviously, it's not absolute. Yeah. But like you were saying, there's multiple factors. Now you, if you kind of tie in the impact of, let's say, uh, the preaching of materialism, narcotics and drugs, violent crime, whatever, and socioeconomic poverty. Bro. Like, put the two together, it's an explosion. Mm. Because what's actually interesting is you got white kids in Worcestershire, mm. right? Middle-class white kids in Worcestershire, wherever around the country who are listening to Grime and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't live the reality. So in their day-to-day, they can still go to school and not have to worry about putting food on the table. Yeah, That's so much different to kids in the end on the blocks who listen to the music and then have to worry about whether or not mom's going to pay the rent at the end of yeah. the month. Do you know what I mean? Like, So you have to do certain things mm. to actually like improve your lifestyle. And then there you go, it's an explosion. Mm. And that's the thing, it's like, people have to think of the situation that we're in as beyond entertainment. Yeah, a lot of the times we're rapping about the situation that we're in, absolutely. But we've got to look at the impact that it's also having because for a lot of young people, now think about it, if you're 12, 13 years old, I remember 12, 13, being 12, 13, 14 years old, you, li- you you literally think everything is real. Yeah. Right? You mm. literally think everything you're hearing, you, you, you're watching on TV, all of that is real. You don't realise that a lot of these rappers in their videos, they hire their cars, they hire all the girls, and mm, they pay cap, for this, yeah. or, or whatever. Like You don't realise that. You don't realise the degree to that. You know, so I think it's just about us being a little bit more self-aware and realistic about the impact that we're making, making or just honest. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, just, just be honest. Like, at the end of the day, all right, cool. If that's your lifestyle, like some... Some people have had very traumatic experiences, isn't it? Mm. Like, I know people have... I'm from Congo. I know people have fled war. Yeah. Like, trauma is all they've known. They've seen dead bodies, like, mm. coming out of Congo. So when they come here, like, that kind of trauma is is, is nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. 
that requires a whole different type of conversation. But there's also a lot of kids, and I've worked with, I've been working with young people for the past 10, 12 years, yeah? There's a lot of kids who's performing that. Do you know what I mean? So when they come to you, and it's funny because they'll see me and I'll come up, it might be my shirt, buttoned up shirt, tie, whatever. And they're like, sir, what do you know about? And they try and put on an act. But actually when you show them, and they're, like, yeah. and they're like, oh, they kind of move a bit different mm. because that's not who they are in their hearts, yeah. you know? And so it's about actually, especially young boys, young black boys, it's about getting them to realize that there's multiple examples mm. of, of who you can be. You don't just have to be one thing or another, you know? And I think social media is great because like on the one side, there's a lot of negativity But on the other side There's so many people That we're connecting with That we're realising That are just like us That are doing well That are doing their own thing Whether it's writing poetry Acting whatever Like Do you know I say I say it quite often I love it so much Because growing up When I was let's say In my early teens Like There's only really like Two You can only really fit into One type of person Yeah so You have yeah, to speak yeah. a certain way You listen yeah. to grime You wear your academics yeah. You play You're into sport Yeah Do you know what I mean Into sport Like there's, there's, there's nothing else You can't really If you deviate to anything else You're kind of seen as kind of corny Yeah yeah But yeah. like now I'm looking And for example I've got a younger brother He's 19 He plays basketball Right But also I've seen him Watch YouTubers Like game YouTubers Yeah he's, yeah he's, yeah I'm not sure if he's into games as much now But he used to be really into games mm. And on Twitter I'm seeing for example, shout Nerd Council. They're like a... Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I know about Nerd Council. Nerd Council. Yeah. So you've got people who are just into comics and like, yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. people into dance, you've got people into writing like yourself. Yeah. You've got people into all different types of things. Yeah. And it just shows that to be a young black boy or black man, you don't have to fit into this, this bullshit... Exactly, man. Character, caricature, which yeah, is which yeah. what it is. Yeah. And that's why I really, really hated when I was a famous people, when people were doing these ro- roadman jokes. Yeah. Like, it was really, I was like, you lot don't understand what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. No, I really, I really exactly. hate that Exactly, yeah. I hated that stuff as well because it was really belittling. Yeah. Like, to what is actually like a very serious situation. Very serious. You know? And also, like, I'm, for me, I'm like, I'm someone who can take a joke, innit? Like, mm. like growing up, I remember, like, we didn't have papers. So if any time, say if I didn't come to school, people's like, oh, yeah, where's, where's JJ? Immigration got him. Like, oh, that's funny because yeah. immigration might have got me. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? But if a joke's not funny, like, if it's just dumb as well, yeah. like, I don't really like it at all when it plays into certain stereotypes. Yeah, you know, you know, you know it's a comedic yeah, thing to offset. Like, like, no, I'll get that. Yeah, so that was, yeah, I fully agree. It's funny because I didn't realise like, I didn't I didn't really talk about it, but I didn't realize a lot of people were thinking. No, I I, I used to I used to hate that stuff. Yeah. I, I, I hate all the fake, oh, we were from and I've seen that a lot of Top Boy now. So everybody's now doing, oh yeah, we are experts on the hood and just yeah, the shit. Listen, man. <laughs> it's so mad because even look, I grew up on a state, all of this, whatever, whatever. But I know for me growing up, yeah, like if I did anything, I didn't get involved in nothing. Cause I knew that if I got involved, like I'm being deported. <laughs> yeah, you're taking I'm being different. deported. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Fam, I, I did not get involved in nothing. What? You man are going where? I'm going home. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm getting deported. Yeah, you're There's faith. no amount of loyalty that can make me want to, especially at the time, go back to war-torn Congo so where I know. had no agency. Now, you know, you, you work, you got a bit of money saved, so when you go back, it's a different experience. Yeah. But when you're a teenager, you're going back to the same poverty that you left behind. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? There was nothing. I don't care who you were. Mm. I was not loyal to you like mm. that. You know, so I saw a lot of whatever was going on, but I won't call myself an expert because, no, like, mm. I, had to, I had to properly stay away from it. You know, so a lot of people, I think also, yeah, I really think people use this kind of like black working class 
hood um, council estate as an aesthetic. Facts. Do you know what I mean? 100%. To try and like come up. 100%. You know? And I always find that really, really weird because people often assume this like about me. They assume that, ah, uh, I might be middle class. I get this all the time. Are you? Maybe it's the right approach association. But like, we grew up in a house where it's just like, my dad was just like, read, read, read. Like, read. Like, all the time, read, read, read. That's like, damn. Like, but it's like, ah, oh, you private educated this, that, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, nah, like, when they found out like, where I grew up, the situation, this, that, the third. And they're like, oh. And it's almost like a, like a disappointment. Disappointment, yeah. yeah. Like I'm like, why would you be disappointed in yeah. my reality or my yeah. experience, yeah. you know? So, yeah, and, and, and a lot of people now are trying to use that as a way to to come up and erase. Like, it's like, I think someone, who is that? Uh, I can't remember her name, but she posted that article about uh, how, you know, Top Boy is setting us back X, Y, Z, or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, my the first thing with me, I'm like, Setting us back from what? <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's a race, say if it's 100 meters, right? And you're in the 60th meter, like, and Top Boy comes out, like, does it take you back 10 so steps? The, yeah. Like, so what does that mean? Does that mean that suddenly Top Boy's come out and more of us are being, like, arrested now? Like... It's a statement that so many people have said and nobody has challenged, so people still say it. Yeah. Like, it's wild. Like, set us back where? So set us back to what? What has what? it changed is in it the going, actual is real it world? back to what? To colonialism? <laughs> like, what, what's the setting us back yeah, to? Yeah. You know? Mm. Like, and so it's like, how do we, and I think a lot of people, I'm noticing more in this kind of like creative scene, a lot is like, they don't like it when you're black, working class, poor, but also educated. Facts and have made something of his, of yourself because if you if you have to come up from that situation you have to be very smart man you yeah. have to know how to move in multiple rooms mm. like you know you can't just come out of nowhere and blow like that requires like I look at Dave for instance yeah yeah shout the out rapper. Dave like yo his album is magnificent man I like, couldn't believe somebody of his age made that 19, 20 years old spectacular outrageous like and so I'm thinking hold on like. This guy deserves a lot more props than he's getting, you know. And I think we we like we don't really give glory to history whilst it's being made. You know, it's only afterwards when that you start to take it in. Yeah, like then you're like, oh, that's that's what that's what it done, you know. So and I think a lot of things are happening right now that's like really changing the game, man, for a lot of us. Yeah, and that's thanks to I believe just the just technology and internet. Like, yeah, it's cut down the barriers that would have previously been exactly. there. We don't need to go. So before we wrap up, um, so where can people find your work? Where can they find you on social media? Where can they get your book and, and all those? Things? Yeah, so um, I'm Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at JJ underscore Bola, B-O-L-A. Uh, website, JJBola.com. Um, so my current book, Mask Off, is out in all bookshops, foils, waterstones, etc. Um, and yeah, you can pretty much just find me about somewhere, man. Just, I guess, just Google me without... Mm. <laughs> you know, that always sounds a bit like... Yeah, Google me. <laughs> a bit gas Google me, saying yeah. it. Just Google me, but Google yeah. me, ho. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, man. But thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank nah, you. thank you for having me, man. Nah, that was dope. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. So, guys, make sure you check out his book and anything you like to ask me or him, just hit us on Twitter. Um, at... No, not this number anymore. That account suspended. At underscore nomics <laughs> or at JJ underscore Bala. Use the hashtag and make sure you tell a friend about the book. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it this week and I'll let you know what I think. Dope, dope. Anyway, thank you for listening, guys. Make, this will be on YouTube. So if you listen to this 
on whatever platform you listen to it on. It'll probably be on YouTube by Tuesday, Lord willing. And make sure you subscribe to YouTube because I've got like not enough subscribers. You lot disrespecting the thing. So yeah, so you man subscribe. Also, make sure you follow on SoundCloud, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and also follow on Spotify as well. Thank you for listening to next week. God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.